Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In. On today's episode, we are going to tackle a variety of things. We're going to talk about the newly released trailer of the movie Cats. We're going to talk about Knives Out. We're going to give our review and thoughts of that. We're going to break down our Ford versus Ferrari review. And we're also going to reveal our top five favorite Matt Damon roles. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Jacob. How are you today, bud? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm kind of excited. Um, we're going to kind of pivot off the awards chatter literally for just a week. But um, as we do, we're going to kind of dive into the screener of Knives Out. We saw Ford versus Ferrari as well. I'm excited about that and um, kind of dive into our top five uh, favorite Matt Damon roles. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I really, I've told Ricky, I don't think he has any idea where my list is going to go. And I, I know I have no idea where his list is going to go. I know we're going to, we're going to argue over some of them, but, uh, I'm excited to get it out there. Um, I'm more excited to see this cast trailer. I am too. So that's going to, what a perfect, what a perfect it's, segue. I, look at I you, will my give man. my thoughts on cats for after, but. All right, folks, so we're going to try something new here. Um, we're going to do a new segment here. Uh, every week we do one of these episodes. It's going to be the trailer reaction, and it's actually brought to you by NashvilleNoise.com, where you can catch all the latest music-related information and much more. They've got movie reviews on there, one down by, one down by me. Um, you can check out, um, they've got, they go to concerts, review concert, review plays. It's a fantastic website, and I'm excited that they're sponsoring our new uh, trailer reaction. So, as we're, what we're going to do for us, folks, which is a little bit even more of a surprise for you, we're actually going to play this trailer live right now. We're going to watch it together. We're going to give some thoughts about it while we're watching it. And then on top of that, we're going to give a little bit of thoughts after we watch it. So I'm excited to do that. Jacob, do you have the play button on standby, sir? I am. I think I am good to go. All right. You ready? Three, two. One and play. Tonight is a magical night. Was that Tay Tay? I love me some Tay Tay. Yeah. Oh, the penguin. <laughs> is this Batman? He deserves a new life. Okay. Catnip. Is that like cocaine? Dangerous. Uh, for cats, it is. Okay. Oh. Come on. Only Edge's elbow would look cool as a cat. Yep. I just don't understand the cat fur or the, the fur coat with the cat. Like, what? I don't like when it chase when uh, Idris Elba is not wearing clothes. It just, it seems weird to me. This is a loaded cat, The CG does look a lot better than the first trailer. So they can be who they've always dreamed of being. What's your name? Cat got your tongue? That's so. Oh my That's God. clever. Huh? That was, that was that one was clever. I like Jennifer Hudson. She's got a great voice. So. Love, love Jennifer Hudson. Tay Tay, love me some Tay Tay. The crazy cat lady. Now it is time to make. One minute Elbow's got clothes on, the next minute he doesn't. Right, well that's not going to work, is it? That's what I say to you. Cross pause. <laughs> that was awesome. I love it. Alright. Alright, Jacob, I'll let you kick us off. What did you think? Uh as as Idris Elba said at the end of the trailer, I love it. <laughs> I mean, it looks stupid. It looks goofy. Uh, I mean, the CG looks a lot better than the first time. I agree. But for anyone who has seen the play or even seen pictures of the play, they know kind of what they're getting into. Um, and I personally, I like Tom Hooper. I liked Les Mis. Um, King's Speech was fine, whatever. Still mad that it stole Oscars from Social Network and um, James Franco, but that's another that's another time. But I mean, I I really do like Les Mis. I think personally, I think Les Mis is probably one of the best musicals of the 21st century. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it looks it just looks fun. It looks bright. It looks loud. It looks really everything I would want from a Cats uh, movie, musical. All right, so <laughs> there's like a, a semi-pause there because I'm not 
Yeah. Like it, it looks all right. It it it's not blowing. No, me it looks terrible. It, but I think, I think that's why is, I like it. Like I think the biggest thing that I took away from this, um, obviously, if you follow me over on the sportscript.com, I do a thinking out loud piece where I give my thoughts as the movie progresses, and I think this is going to be the perfect, perfect movie for that. I can like that is what I'm excited about the most about seeing this movie. Look, I. This this shouldn't be nominated for any Oscars at all. I'm sorry, I don't even. Have uh, to see best the original film. song. Taylor well, Swift released her song, and okay. it was very good. All right, okay, I will. So, let me stop. Okay, so let me stop. All right, outside of song, this does not deserve to be any in any categories for anything other than I, song. Period. Song and I would I I would give it production design. No, no, just it looks the production design for what cats is because that's what the musical that's what the musical is it's big sets with people in cat costumes looking like humans um i mean if the production design i've seen the behind the scene the behind the scenes really show a lot of what it is and it shows how hard it was to make those big sets and kind of how out there they are and i could see it getting into production design i don't think any of the big ones picture definitely not um Actress or actors, I'd probably not. Uh, director, no. Um, I think song and production design are the only two where I could, at this moment, see it really getting in. But it could be good. It could be very good. We we have. I I'm so up in the air on this film right now. This has a a, a borderline. The high it could get for me is probably like three stars. Like that's the high. Like oh, that. I think this film. I it, this film could. This film's floor is probably two, two to two and a half, and its ceiling is probably about four and a half. Oh my God, no! What this film? This I film need to could find either a, be. I need a new this film could either be a oh, Jesus. just smash hit, oh, or it could God. be competent. I need a new podcast partner. Oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe you just said that on the podcast. I am, I am appalled. I am disappointed, and I am heartbroken to, on this podcast right now. This movie, I am. It has that. It has the high of maybe two and a half, three, and it has a low of being probably one of the worst what, movies ever. But I think though, but I think more than anything, and we talked about it last week uh, with Eric Weber. I think this could be the perfect film throughout all of the depressing, you know, the marriage stories, the uncut gems, the 1917s, the sad films, uh, Star Wars coming to an end. Between all that. Then you get a movie that's this, and it's loud, and it's a musical, and it's really in your face, and it's just it's wild and it's weird. I think this could be the guilty pleasure movie that really everyone would need at now, that point. If the guilty pleasure everybody needs is Last Christmas. I saw that movie, and I'm going to give it a little bit of pub here, but that movie was phenomenal. It was. This movie's going to be phenomenal. No, there is no. First off. <laughs> First off, Eric Weber was right. He promote he professed his love. We are on the last Christmas for Oscars 2020 bandwagon. That's a hashtag that we're we're running for last Christmas for Oscars 2020. So hashtag that out to the entire world. I am all in on Amelia Clark getting a golden Golden Globe nomination for Last Christmas. I am dead serious when I say that. She was phenomenal in that. Like I think that she's phenomenal, period, just because she's awesome. I mean, she was great in Game of Thrones, obviously. But, I mean, that movie was great. I will say I did literally want to do exactly what he said, and that was literally throw the popcorn at the movie theater for the twist. So you have to see it for just the twist alone so you can— I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I've heard if you know the song, you know the movie. So, look, stop, stop. You're, that was a negative remark towards last Christmas. Like, that's strike two already on this podcast. We're 10 minutes in, Jacob. 10 minutes <laughs> in, okay? I can only imagine it's only going downhill from now, from here. Actually, we're going to talk about two truly phenomenal, fantastic movies that we saw, and I can't wait to dive into those. Yeah, see, it's like a roller coaster. Like, you know, we start low, we're going to build all the way up, and then right when we get to Mad Damon, we'll probably drop again. Exactly. We'll argue and fight about what his best roles were. But folks, let's we're going to go ahead and dive right into Knives Out. All right, folks, we're going to talk about Knives Out and Ford versus Ferrari. We're going to do non-spoilers first for those who have not seen it. Knives Out is not even in theaters when this is will be released. They're actually doing early screenings of it this weekend through Regal. I do know that. But we're going to talk about these 
non-spoiler first, and then we're going to stop, and then we're going to talk about spoilers. We'll put in the podcast notes where you can skip ahead, where you can hear Jacob and I argue about what Matt Damon's best movies movie roles are. Jacob, I'm going to let you kick it off with Knives Out. Um, so with Knives Out, uh, you know, he – Ryan Johnson really did um, – he really did kind of modernize the whodunit story. Uh, you saw a few years ago with Murder on the Orient Express, which was a movie, um, and he really kind of – he it stood out. Um, I mean there's twists. I really liked what he did, and you know we'll get more into that in the spoilers, but I really liked how he, he formulated the film throughout. You know, like things that you thought – were important were not and things that weren't important ended up being important um you know the acting was great daniel craig my god i <laughs> loved his performance um i'm so ready for him to be done with bond because i need him to have more fun because he had the absolute time of his life i think um just take take his logan lucky character and then move it to Georgia instead of like North Carolina. And that's probably what you've got. Um, I mean, he had the Southern draw was perfect. The mannerisms he had his, he had a quote that I will never forget for the rest of my life. Um, but I mean, I, I loved it. I loved, honestly, I loved every second of it. It was paced. Well, uh, I never felt any drags, uh, I just it, the movie flew by. I mean, I sat, I got up from my seat thinking I had been there for hours just because of how much I had gotten, and I'd only been there an hour and a half, uh, two hours. And the movies, I mean, it's the movie's just over two hours long, so it's not like it's a long movie. But there's so much in there, and there's so much that it makes you pay attention to that it's just like, like what you know, like it's it's probably as of right now, it's the funniest film I've seen all year. Um, and it's a film I was worried going into it. I and I talked to Ricky about this at the theater. Going into it, I assumed that I was going to see this movie once, and then probably never want to see it again because I knew the twist. I want to see this movie so much again. Oh, totally, hundred percent. Like I have every desire to go see this film again, and and just watch it because I feel like there might even been things that you might have missed. The first time you watched it, and I think that's what makes it great. Like I, and I even said that to you after the thing. Like this was everything the Murder on the Oriental Express wanted to be, but wasn't. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't even remotely close. So for me, it was oh my, like Daniel Craig. Like I think he should be a shoe in um, for for a Golden Globe nomination. An absolute shoe in. Like uh, he was just. He was the best part of this film, like hands down, not even remotely uh -huh. close. Like it, it, there was other pieces of this pie that was really good, but for me personally, he was just the MVP of this film in so many different ways. It was funny, it was witty, it was creative at times. Um, the <laughs> the whole donut thing, and we'll talk about more of that later. Yes, but we'll God. talk we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But I, I agree with Jacob. This was hands down one of the funniest movies of the year. Not the funniest. Um, that goes to Dolomite is my name. But it's, it's one of them. For you, it's one of them at sure. least. For sure. Oh, my God, yes. And and I haven't like, – I settled in I think at four and a half stars. I haven't fully wrote my review yet. Um, I'm slacking. Jacob's is actually up on his website. Um but yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm solidly at four and a half stars. Yeah, so I, I loved it. I loved every second of it, and it, it was perfect. So you said that you were at four and a half. I'm at four and a half as well. And that is the perfect segue to another fantastic movie that um, we saw recently, and that was Ford versus Ferrari. And Jacob, let me tell you, man, I ate this movie like okay so i was i was i don't know about you but for me i was i was kind of hesitant about this movie a little bit it was getting some hype and i was very excited about the hype i am a huge huge christian bale fan i love christian bale he's got some fantastic art underneath his his belt and obviously james james mangold from coming off the follow-up to logan and it's like man what is he going to be able to do to top that I'm not a big NASCAR guy at all, so that just threw it out the way. I really don't care about that. But 
I'll tell you what, man. This movie was it was amazing. Like I have I have argued with in my head for the last I don't know four days since I saw this movie of trying to figure out why I, I don't give this movie five stars, and I'm trying to argue against it. There's so many pieces of the puzzle that I loved, um, and it's crazy. Matt Damon was the MVP of this film, and that's that's you know that's pretty amazing to say. Obviously, playing opposite of Christian Bale, who obviously in my opinion is a much better actor obviously than christian bale or than matt damon is but matt damon was absolutely beautiful in this and to me honestly like i am on the i am on the catarone catarino catarina catarina balfa i i i cannot help you on this one i usually can help you but this one i think you're on your own Catronia. I I don't know. I'm embarrassed now. Catriona. Catriona Balf. I thought she was phenomenal. I have her slotted in my best supporting actors at the Oscar race right now. I think that she deserves it because she gave one of my favorite supporting performances of the year. Not just male, female. I'm talking about collectively. She was the heart. Uh, you know of Molly Miles, and it showed uh-huh. on several occasions. She never like she supported Ken on set, just all the way around. She stood tall there, and towards the end of the movie, was a force within building the set car, and just set her apart, in my opinion, in a very weak supporting actress role. This film was a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to dive a little bit more into spoilers and talk about my favorite scene in this entire movie. But man, this was a beautiful piece. Of art, Matt, uh, Jacob. Oh, no, you can call me Matt. I, I would not mind being Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> but no, I agree. Um, I, I, we both saw this in IMAX. So, you know, that I thought that would help the score a little bit. But then I saw it while working the other day. And man, it hits you just as hard. I, I really love, and James Mangold has done this throughout all of his films, at least all of his blockbuster films, you know, Walk the Line, Logan and some with the Wolverine, but um, I have it's been so long since I've seen the, the Wolverine. Um, but what he does is he takes such a broad subject and dwindles it down so much so that you really can get to the meat and bones of the story. And that's what he did with this one. This isn't this isn't a you know, this isn't a story about the Le Mans 66 or the 24 hours of Le Mans 66. This isn't a story about, you know, cor- well, it is a story about corporate, but it's not like it's not a story about everything. It's a story about these people and how the corporate treats them and how racing in this is so important to them. And that's what I really loved about this. I love that it was dwindled down so much so that we really could get to a core and he could express that. I agree. Um, Belf uh, was great as Molly Miles. Um, I really love that they gave her an actual voice. They didn't make her a wife character who was, you know, who was there and didn't want Ken to be racing. I mean, of course this is based off a true story, but you know, she, she had an actual voice in the film and I loved it. Um, and going back to it, this is based off a true story. And I did my research after, and I loved how Mangold and the writers were so adamant on making this as true to self as possible. Um, I mean, the film's great. I want to get into spoilers, but the last non-spoiler thing I'll say is when you see this film, all of the car racing scenes, there's not – if there is VFX, there's not much of it. There's not much CG. Um, I mean, everyone who has been adamant that they use practical effects for almost everything, the car racing scenes, everything is done practically, and that just absolutely blows my mind. And you'll understand it too when you go see the film. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, it's really great, and like I said, I I think you said. I mean, I'm pretty sure you settled in right around four and a half, and and I, I think I will. I, you know, I've said on this podcast several times, so I'm trying to get better about giving a five star movie. I've I've sat on it. It wouldn't surprise me if I finally, when I release my review tomorrow, um, that if I settle in on five, I'm at four and a half right now. But I just love this film. I think a second viewing. This is one of those films I got out of seeing, and I was immediate like i want to watch this again like i i can't wait to see this again yeah and i can i can 
I settled in on four and a half. Um, and my only gripes with it is it can at times feel a little formulaic and feel like we, well, you know, we've been down this road before and the length, which isn't much of an issue can stand out at times. Um, but I mean, you know, when you start getting down to a film, I mean, this is right now, it's my sixth best film of the year. Um, and when you start getting down to a movie being this good, you've got to start, you know, nitpicking things. And I just found enough things to where I kept it from, you know, from giving it that last little uh, push. Yeah, for sure. I've slotted this in at my number. I actually slotted this in my number four movie of the year right now. Um, I, and I think it's my first my first four and a half star because obviously my third my top three all have five stars so like I, i'd slot it in fourth right ahead of once upon a time in hollywood but it's a fantastic film and i this is i'm a little more excited about diving into the spoilers for this than i am knives out but let's go ahead and transition into the spoilers of these two movies and folks i will timestamp it um below so that you can go ahead and see where you need to fast forward and you can talk or you can hear us talk about um, Matt Damon's best roles. Uh, Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if, all, if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. Uh, our top five best. All right, folks. Jacob and I are going to dive into some spoilers on Knives Out and Ford versus Ferrari. If you want to go ahead and skip ahead to the podcast, uh, skip ahead in the podcast and check it out. Uh, Jacob and I's Matt, top five Matt Damon movies. You will be able to see in the podcast notes where to skip ahead. I will be able to talk at some point in this podcast. Until then, we're going to dive right into spoilers of Knives Out. Jacob, what do you got for us? Um, so, yeah, so when we get into spoilers of Knives Out, you know, one of my favorite things of the film is, uh, and I, spoiler right off the bat, they tell you who kills him early on in the movie. Um, I mean, right then and there, they tell you, you know, how it happened, why it happened, everything like that. Um, and so, you know, this whole film, you're not trying to figure out, you know, who the killer is because you, in a sense, you know who the killer is. Um, but you're trying to figure out why we're in the situation that we're in. And that's what I love so much about the movie. Um, I loved that the movie wasn't about the killer. It was about, it was really about who sent the money to, um, to Daniel Craig. Uh, and that was one of the biggest things that stood out to me. Um, you know, I've, I enjoyed trying, you know, going on that journey to find out. Cause you know, with most of the, with most of the ones, it's all about the killer. And that's, you know, as I've said 10 times, that was my favorite thing. Yeah, I agree 100%. And and the way, <laughs> just the way it was articulated, they do yes. let it out early on, but they never go full-fledged and tell you kind of what goes on. And it's, there's a few things inside of it that were kind of a shock to me um, uh -huh. that, that, that were revealed. Um, I love the, like, we talked about it earlier, talking about, um, you know, the, the non-spoiler version of it and saying how we can't wait to watch it again. And for yes. me, it's 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 my favorite. Like the my favorite part about it is going back to watch it again to see. I don't know, maybe what I missed the first time or what I. It's just it's a joy of a movie, and this is one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. <laughs> he called him a Nazi child masturbating to the deer, and I about died yes. laughing. Oh, there is so many funny one-liners that it's just they could go on and on and on like. You said it earlier about how perfectly it was paced and just how fast the movie flew by and you didn't feel like, you know, you kind of felt like you were there for a minute, but it didn't really matter because you were enjoying the entire time. There was never really a moment I was like kind of sitting around. Every every scene articulated something that was meaningful to the movie. And that to me, I really yeah. loved. 
Yeah, to me, I mean, to me, the biggest the biggest praise that I could give it is I never wanted it to end. Um, and you saw towards the end, once you know we started figuring everything out, it's like then something else would happen, and then something else would happen, and then something else would happen, and. It, for the most part, like for most movies, I'm like, okay, you know, wrap it up, let's finish, let's get on, let's go. But for this one, I was loving it. I was like, let's keep going. Oh my god, I when he stabbed, when wanna... when when Chris Evans stabs her and realizes that it's not even a real knife. Oh my, like I lost it. Like because his yes. and it was all based on obviously Chris. You know, it was all based on his reaction on how he reacted to it. But man, that was hilarious. It was, and the thing about the comedy in this in this film is it wasn't. There were a lot of one liners, but it was one liners that I feel like will stick. You know, like yep. this. It, this film it got political, but it didn't choose a, a political side. You know, it was very it was very open to everything. Like I don't see a group of people who could go to this film and say, "Oh wow, that was disgusting how they portrayed these people." Or you know, it it was very open with what it was trying to get across, and that's you know is that it didn't care it was uh it was just it was so funny the scene about the donut and <laughs> daniel craig my one of my favorite lines of all time goes there's a donut and then inside there's a hole and i've got to take a donut hole to fill the donuts hole but inside of the donut hole there was another hole i i just it's stuff like that where it kept going and kept going and in this film it kept getting funnier and funnier like every time he would say it it was oh it was beautiful i loved it so much the costumes were great the set was great um you know the whole twist on the story was great um finding out that you know he actually did commit suicide that was mind-blowing and that's where for me the movie got a little heartfelt and i was like it was pulling my heartstrings a little bit when daniel craig gave her the realization and he was like you know you you gave him the right one not because of what the bottle said because you knew the consistency and you because you're a good nurse and i mean to me i was like oh gosh like I was laughing my head off for so long, and now it's like I've got to feel something. Like this isn't what I expected, but man, it was it was such a fun ride. I could. This is a movie. Would not every movie I could do this. This is a movie I could not recommend more to anyone that I meet. I think anyone who sees this movie will have a fun time seeing it. And you know it's it's written so well i would not be mad if ryan johnson came out of it with an oscar nom for original screenplay that would not make me mad at all i totally agree 100 percent. like i whenever we break down our uh favorite movies of the year like you know we've we've got a couple different categories that um i'm pretty excited about i think in the next couple weeks we're going to announce those to you guys we're not going to do it quite yet um, we have named the show The Whiskeys, and I think we talked about that a little bit before. But for real, this is going to be uh, it, uh, easily in my best comedy. But then yes. there's got to be – we're going to have some sort of category for just crazy off-the-wall performance. And Daniel Craig is just – he. this, this is – to be honest with you, like throwing – Every prediction category and all that stuff and and us talking about the globes and who we think and this and that like he this was hands down one of my favorite performances of the year like oh, you know easily. if you take all of the, everything out of the equation and I'm not talking Oscars I'm not talking anything else I'm just talking performance wise where I had so much fun this was a blast and he's easily one of my favorite so favorite supporting roles of the year like i mean it's a loaded supporting category i, I don't think that he's gonna you know obviously he's not in the run yeah. for the, the the oscars but i wouldn't be surprised one bit if, if he gets a if he gets some globalist love though at all no yeah i right literally right, right when we did our uh, we did our golden globes prediction show which you can go listen to we did it right before we went to go see it and right when i left I got on my laptop and I changed him out and I put him into the top five of a uh, best actor in a comedy. I mean, I it was so funny and it was so funny and it was so smart and it was so clever. It's one of the smartest, like most clever screenplays I've read. You know, some of the editing styles that he had whenever, you know, if someone if someone was talking to uh, 
to Daniel Craig's character, uh, Mr. Blanc. If someone was talking to Mr. Blanc and they said this was happening, they would cut to it happening. But if someone said th- if someone said something else was happening, they would cut to a different thing happening in the same scene you know different things would be happening and you would find that one scene out from different angles it really was like playing a game of clue which they hilariously uh gave an easter egg shout out to but it really was like playing a game of clue and you were trying to put the pieces together and that's what you want out of a whodunit film and that's what you want out of a film that is really is like this and that's why that's why i loved it so much yeah, I like I agree a thousand percent because not just the fact that I, I don't know my favorite part of this film is just like the, how you put every single piece together as the movie progressed and that's why I said I'm so excited to see it again and I'm ready like I'm ready to see it again I'm ready to you're right I'm ready to I literally got out of this I'm in a group chat with uh, you know a lot of my, some of my family members and my first response out of this was go see this movie go see Knives uh-huh. Out because it is hilarious and i am just so excited and and so thrilled to talk more about it and it's the perfect transition to kind of dive into spoilers for ford versus ferrari so i'll let you kick us off jacob um so yeah with ford versus ferrari um like i said the non-spoiler my favorite thing about this was how he dwindled it down he didn't make this a film about ferrari he didn't make this a film about you know the the uh, the driver Ferrari, which a lot of other directors would have gone off and made it a battle film about two drivers and two companies and how you know how they fought it out to win um, Le Mans sixty six and it's they didn't do that and um, one of my favorite things is that the name Ford v Ferrari is kind of it's kind of not right you know it's yeah. like it's it's not about Ford versus Ferrari, but it's really about Ken Miles and Carol Shelby versus Ford, and you know how the greed of of kind of big businesses and how they have to control everything and all that, and how they kind of wash away the people who really help them to get to their spot. Because I mean, that ending scene when you found out that Ken lost, I mean, that was incredibly like just oh like it i felt so gross like having knowing that that happened that i in the theater i had to look it up that moment and find out that yeah like that actually happened and that's one thing i mean it's it's great to see that they didn't take many dramatic liberties but at the same time you really start feeling gross by how much like they were taken away from it um, you know, as we said in the non-spoiler, or in yeah, in the non-spoiler, Matt Damon steals the show. Um, I think, kind of going through showcasing that he does have, quote unquote, an illness. You know, it's probably it's probably PTSD. They just didn't know about PTSD at the time, um, and so it was probably just PTSD. But him being the first ever winner, um, it was in showing that how that affected him and how he still wanted to be in the eyes of racing, but he didn't want to get behind the wheel of the car. Um, and then Christian Bale, I mean, Matt Damon and Christian Bale in this film have some of the best chemistry I've ever seen. And it works so well that the last, the last little bit when Matt Damon's given his monologue, um, in voiceover and you see Christian Bale driving around, getting ready for next year's, uh, Le Mans, and then his brakes go out and then he catches on fire. I mean, that was a shock. And I didn't cry then, but man, when he went up and talked to Noah Jupe after and he started breaking down and then oh, gosh, that that part broke me as just a person who who in a film about cars and racing and something as loud as that and then big corporations in a film like that, like we really got down to the human aspects of what the film was supposed to be and that's what i love so much about it is it was so humanistic and it was so personal to these people and to their stories that it really made you care about what was going on yeah it really like oh my god when you find out he dies like i just i was heartbroken i had to look it i had to look it up right away and And it said it's a car crash yeah and it did and it was like he was really practicing and it really happened and i was just like 
oh my god like i thought maybe the ending of the movie was going to be him piling out of the fire again and i'm just like watching noah jupe on the screen and it's just like oh, oh my yeah. god i want to cry oh my god i'm crying and it's like wow that was unexpected like that was just like okay like you already felt you already had this disgusting taste in your mouth because of what ford had just did to you know shelby and um Miles. and you already have that disgusting taste in your mouth so you're already like all right well all right and then it's like all right here comes my happy ending and it's like yeah i i was <laughs> honestly i was honestly thinking that we were going to get a dark screen and it was going to say you know uh it was going to say they won the King next Miles. 65 le mans you know what i mean like, yeah like it, he he won the next three Le Mans and had a good life, and it's like no, that's that's not what happened. You know, it it happened for Ford. For Ford, like no one ever no one ever knew. You know, for Ford, Ford went along and they they won the next four Le Mans and they did all their things and they become the the seller they wanted to. But for Ken Miles, I mean, he never got to see the winners the winners podium, and it. It was just so it's like you said, it was just so disgusting to see that actually happen. But it was like, you know, it really made you think about how the corporations really took on their people. Yep, for sure. And he wasn't that cut, cut, cut and dry guy that you could put in front of audiences. He was the guy with a little bit of skeletons in his closet. And that day and age, you didn't have uh, social media to back you up to say, no, you weren't like it was just. He didn't have the typical look of the clean-cut guy that they wanted to put in the forefront of their racing. And, you know, he paid for it in so many different ways. Because if you think about that, if he wins the race, does do they go back to the lab to try to create the next car to do it? You know what I mean? Like, does that... I, I, I honestly, I would like to say yes, because I felt like... He was competitive was like that. Such a, yeah. He was such a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... And you see that a lot with, he had to get the perfect lap. And when he was set a few seconds off his lap, he started yelling at himself. I mean, Miles was such a perfectionist. I think he would have gone back to the lab and I think he would have kept working. And I think the same things could have happened. But the thing is, you saw... Miles transitioned from a guy who threw his wrench at his own car to try to hit Carroll Shelby, a guy who fist fought with Carroll Shelby in front of his house. <laughs> you saw him transition from that guy into someone who was more than willing to slow down at the end and was more than willing to give up um, being the sole number one for the greater for the greater picture, like literally the greater picture. Yep. And you awesome. know, it just shows you how. You can you can do everything you, in your power to kind of be that person that you're supposed to be, and you still could get screwed over in the end. Exactly, I agree 100. percent And I'd be remiss not to talk about my one of my favorite scenes in this whole entire movie is when Shelby was you know that whole hoopla, and they got you know they you know they got Shelby. He was trying to convince Henry Ford to get him in the car, and then you know he wants to pick Miles as his driver, and he just you know drives off and drives you know like you know like like shelby used to you know what i mean gets on the track and kind of drives and kind of goes crazy and then halts it and slams on his brake and and ford just you know tracy lets in that scene he just he rips your heart out it and was crazy because at the beginning you at the beginning i know for me i was laughing oh i was, I was like hysterical i was like laughing. oh this is funny and then when you realize why he's crying yep like i was like he wow, just, like he, that is not you know, what I expected. That's the whole thing about this film. Exactly, and it's just this kid that he's deep down inside. He's this multi-millionaire, and he just wanted that feeling with his dad. And it's nothing, something that he had never, you know, received himself. And and you went from a very funny, very outgoing, very you know hilarious moment to a raw, sincere moment that really just. It ripped your heart out, and and I, Tracy Letts was a phenomenal in that scene with as Henry Ford, but so was Matt Damon. It, he he was yep. manipulating him in certain ways, and once he realized how he manipulated him, I don't think he realized. You know, obviously, it, you know, it's a movie, but he realized in that transition, oh, this is not going the way I thought it was, but it's going even better. And and the way he portrayed it was like, look, you know, you want the best driving this car. 
And, you know, that's when he made, you know, the ultimate decision. And it was just, that scene just, like, it has sat with me since I saw that movie. And it, and, and it's just, it was a beautiful scene. And, and it was just, like, hats off to, hats off to the Mangold on the way his direction was to be able to go literally five seconds earlier. You're laughing because they're locking, um, I forget his name, but they're locking him into, you know, the, one of the head guys of oh, uh, Ford. Oh, B.O.B.B. Yeah, they're, they're, they're locking him into things so he can't get out so that, you know, you know Shelby can get his one-on-one time with uh, Henry Ford. And it's happening, and it's happening, and it's you're laughing, you're laughing, and it's like, oh, my God, he's getting out. No, just kidding. No, he's not. And then they rev the engines up and all that stuff. And it was hilarious. And the way he was able to transition, and then you get into the somber very sincere mode and even for five seconds you were not the biggest henry ford fan in this film you weren't and 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 for this five seconds i cared so deeply about his character because you could resonate with that as a son of a dad you know what i mean you could resonate with the idea of you like the the memory of throwing the football in your yard with your dad but this you know henry ford was so popular so he didn't get those moments with his dad and you felt that raw emotion in that moment moment and it just it was so powerful and so moving and just wow i'm still blown away by that scene and it just really has resonated like i said with me till this day yeah no i i agree um with it, when it comes to issues uh i do think leo bb was i mean he was really a kind of a caricature of mm-hmm. of what a big corporation would be yeah. and Every for everything we said about um, Tracy Letts, you know he he did he also played kind of the dumb like let's get ahead person and Leo and BB uh, you know he knew that and he knew how to manipulate him and he kind of seemed like a kind of caricature of a of a person which I get it makes sense in context but looking back on it there were some times where it just seemed too out there. Um, but I mean, getting back onto some supporting in the good, you know, Noah Jupe was fantastic. Also, he he rarely spoke any words, but just how he acted, you know, his compassion for his father. You saw the same thing that you saw um, Henry Ford the second cry about. I mean, those are the same things that Ken Miles made sure that his son Peter did not you know, did not face, you know, he let Peter go with him. He let him in the car. Um, he let him ride around with him. He always took him when he was practicing the car. And it was so sad when he was at the scene of his death, you know, and it's like, yes, Ken died doing what he loved. And that's, I think you, I think everyone noticed that. And I think when, uh, Carol Shelby goes back to talk to Peter and, uh, tries to talk to Molly, I think you see that, that they know he died doing what he loved, but at the same time, just that kind of silence from him was so just impeccably well done. Um, I think, you know, Noah Jupe, I'm not going to say anything crazy because he has another role this year that deserves awards love. But, I mean, he still gives an, an amazing performance. I agree 100%. And uh, that kind of wraps up the conversation. I love talking about both these movies. They're both phenomenal movies. And it's pretty crazy to think that, you know, adding these two movies – and I, I, you, I think you said you had uh, Ford versus Ferrari slotted right around six. I think you said. Yep, six, at, right at six. I've got it at four right now, and it's pretty crazy to think that a week from now that could be maybe seven, yes. eight, or nine. You know what I mean? It's 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 a pretty crazy week for us. I mean, um, you know, we've got the big one. We've got nineteen seventeen. We just got the bombshell invite, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, we're, you know, I'm going to see Waves. I'm finally going to get to see Honey Boy so we can do a very special Honey Boy edition of the God, podcast. I cannot wait for that <laughs> seven-hour podcast. <laughs> exactly. You might as well just book out an entire day, folks, of listening to us talk about Honey Boy and talk about how much I hated it. But, folks, in that transition, we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive right into our top five favorite Matt Damon roles. All right, folks, so obviously we talked about Ford versus Ferrari. We talked about our favorite part of Ford versus Ferrari being Matt Damon, so we figured what perfect way to segue into our top five favorite Matt Damon roles. And, folks, like I said, Matt Damon roles. We're not talking about his best movies because, honestly, I think his best movie would probably be Goodwill Hunting, and he wasn't even the best part of that movie. Robin Williams won. 
God, I miss Robin Williams so much. Um, yep. God, he, like, I, and not to talk too much about Robin Williams real quick, but man, that was the one celebrity death that really hurt me because, like, man, that was, mm-hmm. that I was agree, so good. Like, I saw that movie a couple couple weeks ago, um, Good with Hunting, and I just watched that movie and just the way, like, understanding how good he was at acting to know that he could do that, and then like you can give him, you know, Patch Adams. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, God, yep, he was so good. All right. Jacob, I'm going to let you kick it off with your number five Matt Damon role. All right. So my number five Matt Damon role is where I might be cheating a little bit, but it's Jason Bourne. Um, and it's not Jason Bourne from any from particularly any of them. I think it's just Jason Bourne overall. Um, <laughs> you know, for me, I'm not a big action guy. I've talked to Ricky about this. I'm not huge on action, but I, for some reason, I love the Jason Bourne films, um, you know, I put them above James Bond. I put them above the who whatever Tom Cruise plays for Mission Impossible. Uh, Jason Bourne to me oh is, you know, the movie. First off, the movie has one of the greatest songs of all time um, by Moby. Uh, but just his performance, um, you know, I think I've only seen the first two, the fifth, the newest one. But I just I've loved every time he's in it. I thought Matt Damon gives a hell of a role, um, and it's just yeah, it's it's just great. He really he really sparked off a uh, he really sparked off a franchise just on his own. And I really think um, you know he's got one of the coolest deaths. The pen fight is awesome. You know I think John Wick used a pencil, but I mean who did it first? You know it's a. Uh, I love it. Let's, I love it. Not, um, that's not, my number not, five. Let's not compare. Let's not compare Jason Bourne to John Wick here. All right. Let's not. Well, I mean, you, no not. one ever said Jesus Christ is John Wick. Well, I mean, let's 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 calm down a little it's bit. Right? Jesus, it's Jesus Christ is Jason right. Bourne. So. so all right. So all right. All right. So are we? Did you? Let me ask you one question before I dive into my number five. Did you put Ford versus Ferrari in this list? Because I feel like I I was going to, but I didn't know if we talked about it. He couldn't be on that list, so I feel kind of bad. Like, is that a spoiler? Or can I, I and I, I meant to say this before I started. Looking through his filmography, I love Matt Damon, but he has not done <laughs> that many really super standout roles. No, so to be spoiler, yes, Ford vs Ferrari is on my list. Okay, all right, uh, all right. That's so only because. Then- from some of the bigger films Matt Damon has, okay. I might not have seen, and yeah. Okay, so that's perfect. So then Jason Bourne was my odd man out if we were going to add. So Jason Bourne was on my list, but it's not on my list now because it was odd man out. All right, okay. so I will go number five, and this is actually a franchise as well, and that's the Ocean franchise. I, I love those films. I yeah 11 12 and 13 i love those films so much i love his characters in that i love the ensemble cast i think they're phenomenal i think they're look they are what they are they're a bunch of guys on the screen having a freaking good time together and doing heist while they're doing it are they the best movies no but i'll tell you what oceans 11 12 and 13 i love every single one of them i understand like 13 wasn't as good as like 12 and 11 or whatever it was I think twelve was the bad one. I don't, not bad, but it wasn't as good. I don't remember. Thirteen was really good, but twelve. Love, yeah, twelve was the one that was just yeah. mediocre. But I love those films. I love him in those films. I love everything about those films. I think that he did stand out amongst the crowd in those films, and I love his characters in that. It may be cheating, but after you said Jason Bourne, I didn't feel like it was cheating anymore. So yeah, so his character in Ocean's Eleven, I like I said, I adore that role, and I adore him in that. So. I, I, yeah, I was close on putting the Ocean's Eleven in there um, over Jason Bourne, but I think the cultural phenomenon that Jason Bourne strike, and especially with all the memes now that Jesus Christ is Jason Bourne, I mean, that's, to me, it's one of the funniest things ever. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I had no clue that was even a meme until you mentioned it, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all over TikTok. All over. Um, I don't even, I, I've never even been on TikTok, so. <laughs> Um, all right, yeah. So what, I mean, do you, what, what do you got for us in the number four slot? All right, so for number four, um, you talked about it earlier, but I actually have Will Hunting from Good Will Hunting. Um, you know, I I think this being his first breakout role, you know, he was in he was in movies before. He was in Field of Dreams, I guess. Um, 
But this being he was real... He the audience for that movie. He was just one of the crowd people. Yeah. Um, this is uh, him being Will Hunting and Good Will Hunting. Um, I actually... Funny story about this movie. I was... I, the first time I ever watched this was on FX or TNT, whatever one of those channels, because I thought it was about Goodwill, um, like the the store. And so you'd be to my amazement when, you know, he... It turns out he's a genius and a, a homeless genius in Boston. But yeah, I love I love this movie. I do agree that Williams's performance is what kind of puts it over the edge. But I do think that he still gives a very nuanced and very raw performance, especially for one of his first ones. Um, you know, I love I love everything about this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I think the very end was so beautiful when he got in his car and he drives off to go to California. Um, I just, I love it. I think it was, you know, we're not talking about the movie, but I thought it was written so well by him as well. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my number four. Um, so what do you got for us? My number four is Colin Sullivan. And that was his role in the departed. Um, oh, <laughs> this is what it was. Oh, oh god. I love this film. I loved everything about this film. I don't care what Jacob says about this film. This film is magnificent. Damon, DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Wahlberg, it is star-studded. Everybody plays a phenomenal role in it. I don't care. Jacob's not going to slander the departed or we will not be well, This is this will be strike 3, Jacob, okay? I this would be strike three. Like every role in that movie Except for Matt Damon, he oh, just—he's he, so I don't, awesome. <laughs> that's the most. He's just a coward, role. and I like it. It was good. I really enjoyed oh, him in that movie. He played God. a perfect coward in that film. That's the last Mark Wahlberg movie where he actually tried to act. Um, I thought I thought Leo was very good, you know, and I'm not a big Departed fan, but I thought Leo was very good. But gosh, I love man. Damon. I love the chicken crap role he played. He just played this big coward and i was all about it i loved it what's your number three uh, jacob we're not going to slander the departed anymore number three <laughs> all right so my number three actually is carol shelby from ford v ferrari um you know we said everything on spoilers um i i loved or actually non-spoilers also you know i loved his he got the bulk of the he didn't get the flashy role but he got the bulk of the nuance and a bulk of the kind of more subtle roles and it's unlike anything he's ever given before. Um, you know, he's always he's usually the forefront. You know, you think back to Goodwill Hunting, you think to, um, you know, you think to The Departed, and you think to films like that. And Matt Damon is the lead guy. And in this film, you know, I a lot of people were thinking, you know, Shelby uh, Shelby being the lead or being the lead, and Miles being the supporting. But I would put it the other way. I thought the Ford versus Ferrari was almost Ken Miles' story and Carol Shelby needed Carol Shelby was there to help him get through. Um, but I thought that he played a much more subtle and much more kind of stressed traumatic role that I absolutely love from him. Um, I thought he gave one of the best performances of his life and yeah, I just, I loved everything about it. That's my number three. Uh, yeah, so that's it. So obviously it's on my list and the reason why I asked for it, it's actually my number two and that's okay talking about it, but um, I'll, I'll flip back on my three whenever you go over your two, but Ford versus Ferrari, phenomenal movie. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of wish that maybe, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I wish he, maybe he would have went in the supporting actor category, but obviously that's low. If, if to be honest with you, if he would have been in the supporting actor category, I think he would have been a lock um he gives my but in, in even in the acting category I don't, I don't think he's got much of a chance there because it's, it's a loaded field um, oh yeah I, I i think he had a better chance in supporting but I, I don't know if maybe just they had their written in their contracts that they both were going to go you know lead actor or whatever it may be but i love this movie i love damon in it he was the mvp of this film hands down and it was phenomenal so go ahead and give us your number two because i'm feeling that you're coming up on another one that's going to be on my list so um so my number two i really think that you would have um i really think that you think that this is going to be my number one but my number two do you have a guess martian yes 
It's it's Mark Watney from The Martian. Um, maybe maybe his best performance that he's ever getting given. Um, number one is just more of a personal opinion, uh, but I think that The Martian is probably the best performance he's ever getting. Oh my god, given. Um, you know, he was robbed of the Oscar that year, and I get it, getting Leo his Oscar, but we should have got no, uh, gotten no, it to him for... No, no, he did not deserve it over Fassbender. <sighs> Fassbender was good, too, but I thought... I think back to The Martian, and I, I think of the scene where they finally tell Mark Watney that he's going to come home, and he sits there, and he's bone dry because, you know, his poop farm stopped working and everything is going wrong and they finally tell him that he's going to be there and he just sits there beard and everything and he just starts crying and it man he gave one of my favorite acting performances i've seen you know he in that role he had so much fun and he was so heartbreaking i love the martian i love it so much i wish that they would have gone more towards the book route which was a little more r-rated but I was fine with them doing PG-13 um, and kind of toning it back a bit. But, man, I loved it. I loved just how broken he got and how, you know, how every little thing started taking him one direction. And he was destroyed and gone another direction. And I just – yeah, I mean I, he gave one of my favorite – he gave my – the best performance he's given probably. But it was just – absolutely incredible i loved i loved it so much he was robbed of the oscar give you should have given leo the oscar for wolf of wall street or um he hell see, you should have given it to him for uh what's eating gilbert grape all I, the way back i, I, you know, I totally one thousand well i i 1000 agree with you but he wasn't even the the best performance that year michael fassbender and jobs was phenomenal he deserved the michael oscar. fassbender and jobs was phenomenal but way better than martian Sorry. No, no, but no, no. That transitions actually. My number, my number three is actually Martian as well. So you said everything that there is to say about this movie. I, I loved Martian. I did. I was a very um, on the outskirts of that movie, like on the outside looking in. Whenever I saw the trailer, I was just like, "Oh, great, another space movie!" And it blew me out of my blew me out of the water. It was fantastic. It was phenomenal. I loved that movie a whole lot. And drum roll, please. What is your number one movie, Jacob? So, my number. Do you do you want to try to guess? No. Nope. You don't want to guess. Nope. Okay. My number one movie um, movie role from Matt Damon is Francois Pinier from Invictus. Um, you know, I. That's one. This movie, I love Invictus. I know it's you know maybe people don't think about it in as much as in as high light as I do, but being a guy who plays rugby, I watched this before every season. I gave a, I was supposed to give a ten minute presentation over the Invictus poem, and I ended up giving a thirty minute presentation over the movie. Um, I love the movie. I think the story is so good. I think the performance from Morgan Freeman as Nelson Mandela and Matt Damon as Francois Pinier. I thought they were both really good. Um, you know, I thought their portrayal of uh, of rugby is really good to do. Uh, um, you know, and it. It's one of the biggest reasons why I am, you know, I'm American fan at first, but right behind, I'm a South African rugby fan, and I root them on mainly because of this movie and this film. Um, Matt Damon gives an incredible performance, um, knowing how grueling, you know, rugby is. Getting into that, you know, probably not knowing much about it. I mean, he he did everything right, and he did everything how you're supposed to do, and you know, it's one of my favorites, and I think. It's it's so subtle and it's so low key. You know, my the one and two could switch easily, but for me, that's my favorite and his, I, what I think is his best performance. You know, I I low key forgot about that movie, and I really like that movie a whole lot. Um, it's not in my top five, obviously, because my number one's obviously a little bit different. But that movie was really good. I really I really dug that movie. He had a phenomenal performance in that. And I low-key kind of forgot about it too, so I kind of feel bad in a way. But my favorite, um, my favorite Matt Damon role is Mike McDermott in Rounders. Um, really? Yes, I I love. This I've movie. never seen it. I oh my god, I am that 
like you're at strike four now like that is one of the look there's one of the best movies i think that i could watch over and over and over again it's a phenomenal movie it's super suspenseful it's crazy it's a little bit off the wall a little bit but it's a fantastically written movie it is a i, I i'll tell you what one big thing i, I when i was when I was growing up, I, I mean, not growing up, but, you know, I, I, I like to play poker a whole lot. And I played poker a whole bunch. I played in a little bit tournaments here and there. And, uh, you know, before it got really big popular when it was on ESPN every five seconds. But this movie was the reason why I wanted to play some poker the way I did. And I had a blast doing it. But just watching this movie over and over and over and over again, the replayability is phenomenal. I love this role. I love him in this movie. I just loved his nonchalant attitude, but at the same time, serious, sincere. It has its triumphs, it has its tribulations, and it just finishes so beautifully. And it's a fantastic role, and it's hands down. Like, this was number one before I even figured out what two through five was going to be, hands down, not even close. I love this movie a whole lot. I Jacob, it hurts my heart you haven't seen it, so I need you to watch it so that you can say you don't like it, and then we fight about it on the podcast. Um... <laughs> But for real, I love Rounders. Rounders is a phenomenal film. Um, yes, please, Jacob, watch it really soon. But that's my number one Matt Damon role. Um, all right, folks, I've got a little bit of a rundown here that I'm going to run through real, really, 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 really quick for you here. Do us a favor. Check out our friend over at thenashvillenoise.com. Also, check out Cody Howell on Twitter, at Cody Howell. Uh, check out Jacob's website, visualprofitmovies.com. All his latest movie reviews are up. Give him a follow on Twitter, at VP underscore movies. Uh, check out the sportscript.com for all my latest movie reviews. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ricky Valera underscore. Follow the show on Twitter at MCDI Pod. Subscribe and like the podcast wherever you listen to it, please. And folks, Jacob and I will talk to you soon. Go to the movies.